Hello, Kairos. It's so good to be able to worship with you all tonight. If we haven't gotten the chance to meet, my name is Lindsay Jacoby. And we want to continue worshiping tonight by reading God's word together. Our text, we're going to be wrapping up our series called Follow Me as I Follow Jesus. We have been making our way through the book of 2 Timothy and we have arrived at the end. So I would love to read our text tonight. But before we do that, I'll invite you to go to the Lord in prayer with me. Holy Spirit, do you give us eyes to see clearly and ears to hear? Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? Together we say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. 2 Timothy chapter 4, I'll begin reading in verse 9 through the end of the chapter. Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he has strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and, I, and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corinth and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus greets you and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Jacoby. I'll say bless the Lord if you'll say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Uh, hi, Kairos. I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here. If we haven't met yet, glad you're here tonight. Um, uh, but I'm not the only pastor. Um, so Jacoby, who just read your scripture, by the way, we've known each other for about 12 or 15 years. Um, and she's incredible. She's part of our staff and our family. Um, and she's got an incredible calling on her life. And uh, I love serving alongside with her. She also helps me with sermon writing and research. Um, just a brilliant mind and a great disciple maker. But normally when we do Lord's Supper nights, um, I read the text, so there's like less transitions, and then I read the text with all those names, and I said, Jacoby, you're up. Feel free to read that. So uh, that is not the full extent of her giftedness, but I'm glad it's a part of it tonight. So that was wonderful. Uh, so thank you for reading all of those archaic Greek and Hebrew names. Uh, God bless you and keep you and make his face shine mightily upon you. 
Um, well, good. We're finally wrapping up our series after three months, right? Uh, we've been walking verse by verse, word by word, through Second uh, Timothy in a series called Follow Me as I Follow Jesus. And what you just read, uh, as far as we know, recorded-wise, are Paul's last words. Uh, we'll probably all have an opportunity to say some. And to kind of get us in the right frame of mind tonight, I'm gonna let you know historically uh, some famous last words said from people. Uh, some of them are sad, some of them are funny, and some of them are just a reminder for us to put things with a gospel perspective. Um, James Rogers uh, was found guilty of murder and was put in front of a firing squad in Utah. When they asked him if he had a last request, he replied, bring me a bulletproof vest. Not bad. I mean, just ask for what you want. You may not get it, but either way, know what you want. Sir Julian Huxley was an English biologist and staunch atheist. On his deathbed, he's recorded as saying, so it is true after all. So it is true after all. French author Guy de Montpont, that's French for all of you guys who aren't as cross-cultural as I am, he lived back in the 1800s, and it was said of him, critics praised him, men admired him, and women adored him. How could you not with that thing underneath his nose? <laughs> Before he went insane and died early at the age of 42 as a result of having contracted syphilis, he penned his own last words. It read, I have coveted everything and found pleasure in nothing. Voltaire, one of history's best-known atheists, often stated while he was alive, by the time I'm buried, the Bible will be non-existence. Oops. His last words were, I am abandoned by God and man. I shall die and go to hell alone. Wilson Meisner was a successful playwright. When Meisner was on his deathbed, a priest came in and said, I'm sure you want to talk to me. Meisner told the priest, why should I talk to you? I've just been talking to your boss. Excellent. Harriet Tubman was dying in 1913. She was an abolitionist, humanitarian, and was known as the Black Moses for the work she did with the Underground Railroad to free slaves. She was dying. She gathered her family around her deathbed, and they all sang together. It was reported the last words that she sang was, swing low, sweet chariot. Beethoven, famous composer and musician. There are a variety of reports that record his last words, but some say the composer who was deaf by the end of his life said, I will hear in heaven. And Martin Luther, the founder of the Protestant Reformation, said, Father, into thy hands I commit myself, which is an echo of Christ's words from the cross. Last words. Some go cussing, some go praying, but everybody's gonna be saying them. Last words. That's the hook from a song that uh, Boggs was telling me about. I don't know if you know this or not, but Boggs is incredible. He's a good buddy of mine. We work together. He's a really accomplished and award-winning singer-songwriter, and he just has a way with lyrics sometimes. Um, when we're talking through sermons and texts, he kind of helps my words a little bit, have a little bit more punch and less long-windedness. And when we were going through this text, he's like, oh, a buddy of mine wrote a song called Last Words. And it was that refrain. And I was gonna read this song for you tonight, but sometimes when you read a song, it just doesn't have the same effect as when you sing a song. Do you know what I mean? 
So Boggs, get on up here or get on out here. Um, he was, we were, beforehand, we were, he was uh, rehearsing through tonight and I'm praying over the room and they're getting done. And he's like, Brooksy, this one's for you. And he plays the song and I had never heard it before. And it is just like a dagger in your heart. So this is a, it's not out. Welcome to Nashville. You get stuff. Just consider this the Yellowbird Cafe right now. Um, Boggs is going to sing one of the verses and hooks uh, to this song, Last Words. I hate you, women and children first, there is no God. I think I can take that curve. Oh no, daddy, don't let go of my hand. I should have been a better father. I should have been a better man. Last words. Everybody's gonna say, some go cussing, some go praying. Some don't even know they're saying last words. Those who speak them won't live to regret them. Those who hear them, they won't ever forget them. Don't work like that. No, you can't take back last words. Boy is wicked talented. I'm friends with him. Remember me, buddy. Uh, see what I mean? I can could, I could tell you the lyrics of that song, but once he sings it, you're like, oh, goodness gracious. Last words. Paul's their grace be with you all. And I gotta be honest, as Jacoby reads this text, last words of the apostle Paul are not that impressive. There's 15 odd names here. Nobody we've ever heard of. Nobody will probably ever say their name again out loud uh, after tonight. And there's kind of like a Aaron list that he's given to Timothy. Hey, pick up my parchments uh, and my scrolls and don't forget my cloak. Not, not the corduroy one, but the denim one. I need to get it because it's cold out here. And you're just like, those are your last words. And I... I, I I think tonight what I want to do is I want to go through some of these names in here and just give a nod to the nobodies. Because there's a lot of nobodies who are somebody in the kingdom of God. I just want to give a nod to them. And here's what I know in this room. There's a lot of nobodies who with Christ become somebody because of his broken body and his blood. And I want to remind us of that tonight. Again, we've spent 12 weeks and it's been a fantastic journey reminding ourselves Uh, that you don't have to be a perfect example, but you're called to be a living example. The only thing Jesus is counting is disciples, and it's the only thing he's counting on, that we are to make disciples that make disciples, learners and lovers of Jesus. It's us inviting others along for those who believe and yet to believe into intentional spiritual friendship and into the rhythms and teachings of Jesus so we can experience life as he intended for us. And 
I know when you guys hear that, and it's been incredible, we probably had like a 25% uptick in our discipleship groups, which is awesome. Our leaders are doing amazing things, a nod to the nobodies who are just grinding it out, trying to live out scripture, and trying to make disciples that make disciples. I'm so impressed with their energy and their effort, even in the midst of all the challenges that we're facing. But when I talk to you about making disciples that make disciples, I know you feel like a nobody. I know you're like, well, nobody would want to follow me. I'm nobody, I don't have, I'm not spiritual enough, I'm not smart enough, uh, I, I really don't know where to start. And if that's you, tonight's a nod to you, it's a nod to the nobodies, who because of Christ became somebody through his broken body and his blood. And then here we'll hear, see Paul probably at his most human. He's lonely, he's abandoned, and he's cold. But here's what's really interesting in verse 16. It says, none stood by me, but Jesus stood with me and strengthened me. Men and women, sometimes you'll never know if Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. So here's a nod to the nobodies tonight who because of Christ can become somebody through the broken body and blood of Jesus. Which nobody in this text do you resonate with the most? So we read those names and maybe unpack their backstories a little bit. Is there someone in there that reminds you of you or a chapter in your life, where you're at or where you've been? Let's see, first off in verse one, we got Demas. Demas deserted me because he loved this world and went to Thessalonica. Did you ever turn your back on God or one of your friends just because you love the pleasures of this world too much? What do you think was in Thessalonica for Demas? Was it an old relationship? What is it, a job where he had more security and income and just ministry just turned out to be too many hours with too low pay? Was it just a place where people knew him? Was he homesick? Did he miss his comfort food? Any Demases in the room tonight that you realize I've turned my back on following Jesus and some of my friends just because I love the pleasures of this world? And to be honest, following Christ sometimes isn't worth the sacrifices I have to make. Here's a nod to the nobodies. Which one do you resonate with most in this text? Then there's Mark. Bring Mark with you because he's useful to me in my ministry. The backstory of Mark is he was a young follower and disciple of Jesus, and uh, Paul took him on one of his first missionary journeys. And he crapped out. He couldn't hack it. He had to go back home. And so he went back home, and then the time came up to go on another missionary journey, and Barnabas is with Paul, and he says, let's take Mark. And they had a sharp disagreement. He's like, I ain't bringing Mark with me anywhere. I remember what that joker did to me. And Barnabas and Paul had a disagreement, and Barnabas said, I'm going to take Mark with me. And it's just a reminder sometimes that I think some of us need to hear this. Good friends can betray you and still be good friends one day. And at the end of his life, in his last words, he says, bring Mark. Why? He's useful to me. Any Marks in here that need a second chance? Now, by the way, Peter would later call Mark his son. It's later speculated that it's Mark uh, who took down dictation from Peter and wrote the Gospel of Mark, whom Matthew and Luke both use for source material for their gospel. Any Marks in this room who just need a second chance and know that God wants to use them? 
to influence and impact others for Christ? Who's the nobody you relate to most in this text? How about Alexander, the metal worker, did a great deal of harm to me. Some of you are sitting in hurt and bitterness and resentment, and the reason you hurt everyone else is because you've been hurt and you haven't dealt with it. And I'm not talking about physical violence, although you may be prone to that. I'm talking about verbal violence and how you assassinate people's character behind their back just because someone did it to you. And the second someone gets too close, you push them away verbally and physically and go, I'm gonna go ahead and reject and hurt you first so you don't have the opportunity to do it to me. Who's the nobody you relate to most in this text? After we got Mark, we got Alexander. Oh, how about Priscilla? Priscilla and Aquila, husband and wife team. And you know, in uh, the ancient world, you wouldn't have put the woman's name first. You would have put the man's name first because it was a society that marginalized women. Paul intentionally puts her name first to give her honor and show the dignity of her leadership in the house church that she started with her husband. Anybody in here feel marginalized from their calling or their contribution, but is ready and willing to step out of the shadows and embrace what God's put on your heart and step up and step into your leadership regardless of the title that comes with it? Just a nod to the nobodies tonight. What about Trumphus? Here's his line. Trumphus, we left sick and Miletus. Anybody sick in here tonight? And feel like you're getting left behind? Maybe physically, but also maybe mentally. I can't get this right up here. And I'm afraid everybody else is going to move on and I want to be stuck in these circling thoughts, and this anxiety and this fear and thoughts I can't control. Who do you relate to most in the text? And don't forget there's also... Luke, in verse 11, only Luke is with me. Here's a nod to a nobody, Luke, who was a great, loyal, loving friend who was always at Paul's side. And maybe that's one of the greatest gifts and contributions you have to the kingdom of God. No one will ever remember your name, but you will make sure people will not be alone. And you'll support, you'll love, you'll affirm, and you'll equip them. Tonight's just a nod to the nobodies. Here's what I love, what Oswald Chambers said. I'll put the quote up so that you can hear it. It's a little bit lengthy, but anybody who's ever done a devotional in their teenage years knows who Oswald Chambers is. Um, Well, that's not it. All throughout history, God has chosen and used nobodies because of their unusual dependence upon him made possible the unique display of his power and grace. Now, he, God, chose and used somebodies but only when they renounce their dependence on their natural abilities and resources. So I'm here tonight before we take the Lord's Supper together to remind you that God's looking for a few good nobodies. Men and women in this room who realize that they cannot serve God in their own strength and abilities. God's looking for a few good nobodies. I don't care if you became a Christian yesterday or grew up in church. I don't care if you've only read one sentence in the Bible or nine tonight or you've read it cover to cover. God's looking for a few good nobodies. Nobodies who because of Christ became somebody because of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Amen.